Morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Run Your Mouth Podcast. Look at us. Monday morning, 10.40 a.m. in our regular time slot. Things are happening in the world. Uh, later in the episode, we've got Steven, our Wonder Boy 9 scientist, coming on the program. Going to tell us all about food chemicals, supplements, taking your... Uh, your, your, your vitamins to keep your insulin, doing the metformins, getting off the Ozempics, exciting things happening. Listen, if you're out there, uh, send me an email, robsnewsroom at gmail.com, and uh, let me know what I should do while I'm out in Europe, because I'm an internationally touring comedian these days. These simple times of just going and traveling the Northeast are over. We're going all the way to England. We're going to Ireland. We're going to, uh, to Amsterdam. And uh, it, I, I want to pretend like I'm actually going to do things other than just stay in the hotel the whole time and read the news and then not do anything. I'm going to pretend I'm going to go in with a positive mental attitude of seeing all the sights and scenes, walking the Eiffel Towers, looking at the Big Bends, visiting the Anne Franks, drinking myself some Heineken's. And at some point, I'm definitely going to do this in Amsterdam. I'm, I'm going to pretend... Like it's exciting that weed's actually legal. And then I'll smoke a lot of that marijuana. That's what I'll do. Maybe I'll even do that show high. I never do that. But, you know, maybe. Man, I got to figure out this angle so it doesn't just look like I have the world's smallest legs. Maybe if I point it down, is that better? All right, let's not waste too much time with this. We're trying to talk about the the glory days of me being an international uh, stand-up comedian. Not, not, uh, not about GoPro film angles that make me look like I got little tiny legs. Maybe I should get myself big clown shoes attach them at like the knee and okay anyways moving on we've got a jam-packed episode coming at you remember there's one place where summer is still happening and you know where that is summer porch tour las vegas coming up dj dad shirt opening that thing up dude that's gonna be a party of an evening that is one hell of a stacked uh porch tour dj dad shirt opening things up then i got kyle uh, I got my friend Tino, and then we're going to uh, Phoenix, Arizona, which I, I corrected the link. I was like, the people in Phoenix hate me last year, that nobody's buying tickets, and then lo and behold, my ticket link's been turned off for three months. Only one person had the decency to send me an email and go, hey, you know, I'm trying to buy your ticket, but you're an idiot, and you won't even sell me the ticket. I've been to your thing three times, it's saying I can't buy any tickets, and then I got real pissed. I was like, why are you saying you can't buy tickets? Here's the link. And he's like, dummy, I've already clicked on the link, that's why I was emailing you. And I was like, ah, looks like I was the asshole on this one. But there was a second there where I thought that guy was the asshole. And then I found out I was the asshole. It's always good when you don't get too aggressive and you're like, yo, asshole, there's a fucking ticket link. And then they got to come back aggressively. That's why you got to always be polite. I might have, you got to be, thank you so much for your inquiry. This is not what I did, but this is what you got to do. It's a lesson for everybody because sometimes it turns out that you were the retard, even though you thought someone else was being retarded. So don't be too aggressive with people. Because you, it, it, the, the, the more aggressive you are, and then the more it turns out that it was your fault, um, you know, the more, uh, the more you, 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 you feel like an asshole. Uh, anyways, let's get into the episode. Uh, there's been a lot of anti-Israel talk coming from, uh, from, from the me, from the Dave Smiths. I don't even know how Dave Smith knows as much as he knows. They got another episode coming out. This is live. That's the problem. Sometimes we do part of the problem. It doesn't come out for two days. And then I got all the Dave Smith knowledge. I'm like, I don't want to beat it. I don't want to beat him to the punch. I just downloaded all this knowledge. But dude, he, he went through a recap of, uh, like the actual history of the, 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 the UN resolutions, 
the the splits, the lines in the stands, debunking Ben Shapiro. And I was just like, how the hell do you know all this? I didn't know any of it. But then I, you know, I go home after the show and I'm drinking my whiskey. And uh, I was just like, you know, it, it's a really good thing my family doesn't actually know how much media I put out on the internet. Because uh, if people were to see this, they would not really appreciate the uh, point of views. Because, you know, with like COVID, all right, fine. Everyone was obsessed with vaccines. And I was the one guy who's like, don't get no vaccines. And, you know, I turned out to be right on that one. But that one seemed a little bit less personal than, hey, that's our, that's, that's our holy land. And uh, so, listen... Uh, I just want to like take a moment because I do feel like I've put things out that if friends, family, relatives saw, they'd be like, my God, you're a, you're a race trader. No one uses those terms, but that's just fun. That, that one's, it's the funnest way to put it. So, you know, I just, I'd like to offer good luck to the nation on its peaceful cleansing mission and its continuous effort to get the U S to fund it while making us all feel guilty. And just at some point, just it's the, it's, it's the Jew card of like, you just make so much noise that at some point they're like, I just go kill the Palestinians. I don't know if that's what you got to do. Just can it, I don't want to just don't show me fake dead baby pictures anymore. If that's what you guys got to do, just go do it. So I just want to listen. I, I just feel bad that over the last couple of episodes, like all the, you know, things that we've been saying that have been coming off as anti-Israel. So I just want to wish them good luck on their mission. All right. And so here's uh, here's some of the updates, the most recent information, the things I've been seeing up all over in the newses and stuff. Uh, first and foremost, I had remembered when I was in Israel that everyone... Not that everyone carried a gun, but you saw a lot of people carrying guns. And I grew up in the Northeast. I never saw anyone with a gun on it on their hip. And it was very typical that you would see people with guns on their hips. And that's what I had remembered of being in Israel. And I always thought it was interesting when you were walking around, even in downtown Jerusalem, because I kind of had the thought, wow, this is a pretty good layer of security that if people were to try and come in here, if you had some Arab terrorists come in here, it wouldn't be like uh, when you get school shootings and all the kids don't have any guns, so they're easy targets. Be like, everyone here literally has a gun. It's going to be difficult for that guy. And when I had heard about this incident the other day, I was wondering how they were able to so successfully, you know, I, I guess maybe the kibbutz people are hippies and they're just like, hey, I'm out here. with, I'm playing with my dirt. Leave me alone. Uh, but I was a little bit surprised by as to how they were so successful uh, in terms of being able to, you know, raid smaller villages or people's homes because from what i had remembered was a lot of israelis had guns i haven't been to the country in over a decade and uh have not fully researched this but from what i understand i think they've uh removed the ability of people out other than you know i guess uh the settlers really uh taking over some mountaintops from being able to carry guns and this was a uh zero hedge article that was making this point why israel needs a second amendment while insurgents were flying across the Israeli border in paragliders, a series of coordinated attacks left more than 1,200 Israelis dead, many at music festivals on the Gaza border. A day later, in response to the tra tragedy, Israel National Security Minister Itmar Ben-Gvir announced that the country would be taking a series of actions to loosen its strict gun control laws. I would think that one at least makes sense to me. You don't have to go into Gaza. You don't have to bomb any buildings. Let everyone have a gun. You know, that, 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 that's a pretty good one. I just feel like uh, that one made sense to me, that people had guns. That's a pretty good deterrent, and that means you don't have to be waiting for emergency response teams that might have got in a six-hour window that they weren't supposed to respond to. But, that, you know, that's conspiracy talk. Who knows what's true on that stuff yet? Um, all right, so here was uh, 
the other latest uh, from Zero Hedge, the finest source for all news and information. Uh, Saudi Arabia puts Israel deal on ice, engages with Iran, and latest hit to U.S. foreign policy. Uh, so, you know, there's a talk of that big Saudi Arabia deal. Seemed like, uh, you know, Iran called up its friends Hamas. They're like, hey, we got to make these guys look bad so that uh, we go ruin this deal. And it seems like uh, the initial stuff, I really got to dig in on that one. Let's see what this Saudi Arabia deal even was. Maybe it was just uh, pieces of paper. You don't sell that natural gas. We continue to sell our oil, and we keep fleecing the United States of America. We spread this money all around this Middle East. I mean, they might all just be in a racket together, just making sure that we're spending more money over there. Now, this I did find to be interesting. I thought maybe it was a little bit of a, uh, a bright light amidst all the chaos. Uh, but this was a article, and it was all. It, this one was in the New York Post. It was reported in the Wall Street Journal as well. But I was confused over the last couple of days. I thought, I thought uh, Israel was lining up for this ground invasion, and you know I'd seen all sorts of crazy footage on Twitter over the last couple of days of buildings being bombed, uh, you know, articles about kids being beheaded. I saw all sorts of craziness, and it seemed to have been ramping up for even more craziness. The Israelis are going in. They're going to take out that tunnel system. They're going to take out Hamas. They're dropping little leaflets on people's houses, letting them know, you better go south. Are they going to hokey-pokey it and then drop little leaflets and tell them they got to go north? I'm like, am I supposed to go north? Am I supposed to go south? Where the hell am I supposed to be going? But anyways, it seemed like Israel was getting ready to march on in there and blow shit up and, you know, chaos and people are saying hey this is uh israel's doing a genocide other people are going no those are all terrorists down there they support terrorists we warned them now they're human shields anyways iran says hamas ready to release hostages if israel stops airstrikes as at least 100 now uh known taken so uh who knows, maybe it was a big, uh, I mean, they, they've already bombed buildings and done some not-so-good things, but the Palestinians, they also killed civilians. I don't know, you, I, 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 what, what, are we keeping scorecards here of who's meaner and nastier? We're trying to look forward towards brighter solutions, but, you know, maybe Israel doesn't actually want to go in. Maybe they've been going, oh, shit, we're really going to fuck this shit up. And uh, maybe, you know, Hamas actually called up Iran and they're like, I don't know. It seems like we really, really pissed them off this time. And who knows? Maybe uh, they'll go, hey, here's all your hostages back. Just don't come in here. Or you think maybe they're just buying some time. Maybe they got to get some stuff out of that tunnels. They're like, oh, shit, if Israel comes in now, that's going to be a problem because we didn't get those things out of the tunnels. All right. So this was also from the uh, Wall Street Journal. Um, in messages delivered to Turkey, the group has said it won't consider a hostage exchange until Israel halts bombing and releases thousands of prisoners, including those taken during this month's massacres that killed some 1,400 people. Now, doesn't prisoner swaps by the Arabs, which they've done in the past, I think there was a... I remember a couple of years ago, I think they got back this random soldier from uh, the Palestinians, and I think they had to trade, it was like 1,000 or 2,000. It does seem like when we do these prisoner swaps, it's, uh, it's a lot of prisoners for one. That's what it seems like. It seems like, eh, I feel like the Americans, have I seen prisoner swaps before? The only prisoner swap I saw was when we gave the Merchant of Death 
back to Russia while we said that we were uh, in a war with them. That didn't make a ton of sense of, uh, hey, what you guys are doing is the worst thing in the entire world. And uh, you might go and try and take over all of Europe. But uh, here's your merchant of death back. Anyways, uh, it usually seems like, oh, it's 2000 to one. But then don't the Palestinians, aren't they also playing a losing game of that you're incentivizing Israel to take more prisoners? If every single time you guys grab prisoners to get your prisoners back and you demand 2,000 for every one, aren't you then kind of making, putting the Israelis in a position where they're like, shit, we better make sure we got, we, we better make sure we have a fresh stockpile of prisoners to exchange the next time that they grab hostages. Just trying to point out kind of the prisoner's dilemma, tick for tack situation here that the uh, prisoner swaps seems like a losing side it seems like a losing proposition for both sides because if you if you know that you're playing a game with Hamas that they're going to occasionally grab someone and then they're going to demand an outlandish amount of prisoners well then you have to have a pretty big stockpile of prisoners and then okay I guess you might go well no 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 it's the opposite way it's because Israel has already imprisoned so many people that uh, that uh, Hamas needs to get back and that's why they're demanding the high threshold which may, maybe I don't know I'm just saying, uh, it seems to me like the demanding high level of prisoners in return for uh, the hostages that you took in the long term is a losing proposition because then you're incentivizing the other side uh, to ensure that they have more prisoners on hand that they can trade back to you. All right. And then I think there were two other uh, little, uh, little tidbits on the Israel thing. So this also gave me a little bit of, uh, hope that maybe it's secretly de-escalating is that this was, uh, from Axios. It was claiming that Israel's actually, uh, returned water supply to Southern Gaza after U.S. pressure. And, uh, who knows? Maybe they've been ramping up. They've been bombing. They're saying we're coming in. We're shutting off the food. We're shutting off the water. And, uh, as I'm live right now, maybe the, uh, maybe the invasion has started, and uh, I just saw two random headlines that made me think, hey, maybe the thing's de-escalating. Uh, all right, there were two other things that I saw on this that I think are worth noting. So this was from, uh, this was in the Wall Street Journal, and they were talking about if Israel does go in, what are their options here? So what, are they going to take out Hamas? Are you going to end up with the Hamas 2.0? Are you going to create a power vacuum that you end up with an ISIS situation? Are you going to take out Hamas and then try and put it under the uh, Palestinian authority? Or are you going to take out Hamas and then end up like having to actually uh, be in full control over the area and have Israel soldiers down there all the time? If you guys do go in and you do decide to take out Hamas, what exactly is the plan afterwards? And so this was from the uh, uh, Wall Street Journal. In terms of exploring the options, I want to read this uh, two paragraphs here. Another idea gaining traction is for Israel to crush Hamas, get out of Gaza, and let Palestinians and their backers figure out what happens next. This option comes with its own set of challenges, potentially paving the way for even more extremist forces filling the power vacuum. A third possibility would be for Israel to clear the way for a return to power of the, for the U.S.-backed Palestinian Authority, which governs the West Bank, but the weak Palestinian Authority based in the West Bank city of Ramallah hasn't returned since being asted, ousted from Gaza by Hamas in 2007. All right, so I just want to, because um, I didn't actually mean to read that paragraph, I only wanted to read, this option comes with its own set of challenges potentially paving the way for even more extremist forces filling the power vacuum. 
it would seem to me like if you create a power vacuum, do you think your nicest, your most noble of gentlemen end up standing up and going, I think I can do it. I don't know why that turned into Biden because I was thinking of who's the weakest possible soft-spoken person that you could have. And I guess that's who came to mind. You're probably going to end up with the with the craziest of all the assholes standing up and going, I got this. Or the one the one guy that was so insane that a Hamas threw him out. Or you probably just end up with the people who somehow survived the Hamas thing who are already somewhat in leadership positions. And they go, all right, I'll run the show. And I guess running the show is a good time. You get the you get, you get your paychecks coming in you, you because I guess at some point leaders are incentivized however they're making money. So if the only way to make money is by taking rockets from Iran and firing them off, I don't know the dynamics in this region. How do you actually incentivize new leaders to try and uh, create opportunity for the Palestinian people so that people don't want to engage in terrorism and they can end up with, uh, and you might go, well, the Israelis, they secretly, they don't want that. They keep undermining it, forcing it to make it seem like they don't have to get along and work with the people, but we're trying to come up with actual workable solutions here. And so I'm just saying, as everyone thinks Israel's getting ready to go in there, and maybe they are, could be happening right now. Could be if we just change this background to the latest Twitter feed, this invasion's already going off. But I, I, it just seems like, what, what are they going to do if they actually do go in? I, you're going to get left with Hamas no matter what, I guess. What are you going to do? I guess maybe you punish some of the leaders. You actually get in there. You take out some of their resources. And then, and then what do you leave them with? So you're still not going to sit down and you're not going to game plan for peace. You're not going to be giving them back land. You're not going to give them more resources. So what, you're just leaving new people there? It would, and then what, what's their only potential way to, I guess, amass more power or income, which is the game that leaders are playing? I would assume it's working with Iran or whoever else to pull off the next terrorist stunt. All right. I think I had uh, this one video because uh, sometimes when you have chaos like this in the world, you know, we can all look to our leader, Joseph Biden, and feel better about what's going on. Is there anything that makes you feel better, like the situation's more under control? And in this case, we had the cocaine uh, Clint Eastwood version of Joe Biden, the get off my lawn version of Joe Biden. Sometimes, and by the way, you, you got to respect that Joe Biden makes good on his threats. That when he sleepily wakes up from a slumber and lets you know, I'm not out of the game yet, Buster, and you better not try that shit. He fucking means it. Joe Biden, you know, he said it. He said it to Putin. He goes, I, I, I can take out that pipeline. And, and again, guess what? He took out that pipeline. Did it seem crazy? Did it seem like a good idea? Did it seem fair? No, it didn't. But he said, I'm going to take out that pipeline. And guess what? He did take out that pipeline. So here we go. We've got Joe Biden with two winning strategies here. One, he's made good on his threats. So when he goes into Clint Eastwood mode, deep grumbly, and lets you know, don't fucking try me. I, he, he, he's letting you know, don't try him. You know, that's one. Two is, I mean, think about it. This is a guy who will send people into prison for tiny pieces of crack cocaine, take pride over it, and then bail out his kid for the same thing. This is, he means his threats. When Joe Biden says, hey, listen, I'm not a good guy and don't fuck with me, he means it. So here he is because he's got two winning strategies. The first is when he threatens people, he means it. And, uh, well, well, let's play it and then I can tell you his second new winning strategy. There's limited fighting already on the northern Israeli border. And I wonder what is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? Don't 
Don't, don't, don't. Don't come across the border. Don't escalate this war. That's right. This is Biden's new thing. Just give one word answers, and then you let the, uh, the, the, the news anchor just fill in on what the good idea would be and go, exactly. Hey, so uh, what's your plan for the inflation? Uh, it, it won't. You mean that the inflation won't keep going higher? Exactly. <laughs> it's a, you know, if he can't just stay in his basement and not have to do any interviews or anything else, the least he can do is just give one-word answers, which gives more of an opportunity for the news anchor to go, hey, is this the exact policy that you were trying to relay to me? Yes. <laughs> All right. Stephen, I see that you're there, but uh, I'm going to cover a couple uh, more topics. But real quick before we do, why not plug sheathunderwear.com. Got the logo right here. Stock up. We're coming into, uh, I don't know, you're going to start getting fatter, and you might have pants that don't fit, because that's what happens. It's weird. As you get fatter, your pants fit even less. You know why? You start getting that big belly, and you start pushing the pants down, and then all of a sudden, you're in a situation. The point I'm trying to say is if you get fat over this holiday season, and you got this big old bulge, and you're pushing your pants on, at least be revealing sheaths. At least show people some classy underwear that you have enough respect for yourself that even though you're letting yourself go and you got a big old gut that's pushing your pants down, you're wearing the finest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. That's actually the statement you're making. You're going, my wiener feels so good. It's so comfortable in the sheaths. I don't care if I got a big old stomach belly bulge. So there you go. Promo code RYM. Get yourself 20% off the greatest underwear that's ever graced the balls of man. Go stock up. All right. Let's cover a couple, a uh, couple more uh, quick times. We got Stephen on here. Oh, right, guys, I've been trying to lay out the hopeful situation for what may be going on in the Middle East. That perhaps the Israelis aren't even really looking to go in there. They're playing strong arm, strong ball. Maybe uh, that scaring Iran into going. Hey, here's your hostages back. And so amongst the hope that I'm trying to relate to everybody that we don't really know the way that this thing is going to go down and maybe it won't mean World War III and uh, skyrocketing oil prices and everyone switching over to a BRICS gold-backed currency and you hoping that you had stashed food six months ago because it's all over and hyperinflation's here. But let's go hopeful. And uh, Taylor Swift, her concert movie, just broke major records. And if there's one thing I can just say about the world... I don't understand why Taylor Swift is popular. I don't understand why anyone likes her. I don't understand why it's a big deal. But for some reason that I can't possibly comprehend, people love Taylor Swift. Let's just send her over Middle East. Maybe she can solve it. I don't even understand why people like her music, but it's having such a big impact that I can't possibly understand. And so, listen, if it might mean peace in the Middle East, I'm willing to give up Taylor Swift. Let's just send her over to Gaza. Here's what you do. They got the beachfront property. You work out some new some new deal from uh from uh from with, with money going into the region you buy these arabs a nice big old uh casino right on the beachfront property and then you you force taylor swift to have a residency at that casino you get one of the big old glowy things now everyone's making money and that's all that the whole thing's about so there you go i just solved the middle east all right let's cover a couple quick topics and then steven i, I know you're there i'm gonna get to you in a second Caroline Ellison reveals she was with a new flame when SBF investors came knocking. And let me tell you, if there's ever been a person who needs to teach some dating classes, it is this lady. Not only has one, two people have slept with this lady, while, while her empire is falling apart, she's losing her billions, 
FBI's coming to raid her home, and she's in there getting plowed. Talk about an investment. I, I don't know. It, 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 maybe this is just the world's greatest advertisement for Adderall. That you, it will give you the confidence to go out there and make things happen. That's the real SBF story of, do you want to just feel good about all of your decisions all the time? Do you find that when you take cocaine, it's only for a three or four minute window, that you feel an overwhelming degree of confidence? Well, now with Adderall, you can just keep taking that, getting it prescribed, and then when you crash from it and you have that burning sensation of anger because that confidence boom that's been stimulated by your adrenal gland pumping out all sorts of chemicals and you feel really good because your brain, when the adrenaline pumps in, that's it turning off certain mechanisms of thought and just going, we got to solve this problem. There's an emergency right now. And so you take the Adderall and boom, you just click into that thing where it's like, we don't need to have any of these emotions. We're going to shut down all these systems. We're going to go into emergency panic mode. And then at some point that crashes and you feel really angry and you drink. But the point I'm trying to make is apparently they'll get you laid. Maybe I got to get back on the Adderalls. But uh, how was this lady getting get like, uh, isn't that incredible? Isn't that an inspiring story? Losers and nerds, if you're listening to this show, just know that there's someone else. There's, there, you're, you're, you're fishing in the wrong ponds. You got to figure out where women like this are hanging out. Maybe it's the Adderall Anonymous meetings. All right. We had one more. Uh, we can come back to this after Steven. Uh, let's play this video. Can you do that? Is there actually a string attached somewhere? And if not, why not? Why would we open up $6 billion to them without some kind of strings to pull it back if in a situation like this? So not a dime has been spent. Correct. Not a dime has been accessed. The Iranian regime never gets it. The money was never frozen when it was in South Korea any more than it was frozen when it got to Qatar. And it was part of a series of accounts set up by the Trump administration. There was no hue and cry back then when Secretary Pompeo announced these accounts and that the Iranians spent down billions of dollars from the other accounts for what was supposed to be humanitarian purposes, but we don't really know. None of that. We can't account for that. I can only account for that $6 billion, and it's all still in Qatar. None of it has been accessed, and we're watching it Will like a hawk. Will we ever be able to access it? Is it truly that, that you can refreeze it, in essence, or whatever terminology you'd like to use? Firstly, oh, what a great moment to pause. What a great look, Just look at that guy's face of, oh, shit, I wasn't expecting a follow-up question. I'm on the news. You guys aren't supposed to have, I, I, I have follow-up questions. It's so fun to learn about how these people lie. So, you know, Biden sent over $6 billion to Iran. Iran probably had some involvement with Hamas in the uh, attacking of the civilians. And Iran knows that uh, that Israel's going to respond to that. So Iran has some fault in the game. I'm not saying Israel's got no fault in the game. But the Biden administration doesn't look great when it's sending money over to Iran. And the big reason why people go, we can't, we can't work with Iran, is that they're funding terrorists in the region. And then a day later, or two days later, you get this terrorist attack happening. And so you get the Biden administration, they try and cover their ass and they go, well, listen, the Iranians weren't, didn't know the particulars of this deal. And also they don't actually have access to that money. So they're trying to say we sent them the money, but Iran fucked up because they didn't actually cash the checks. And so now this guy's being asked about it. He's like, what's the deal with the money? And they go, well, they haven't accessed the funds. Simple follow-up question. Well, can they access the funds? And look at his face right there. Look at that glorious face of, wait, was that a follow-up question? We're not, 
I'm supposed to get a follow-up question, so let's see how he handles it. You said they don't have access to it. They they have not accessed it. We, we are watching that, it. We're they? watching it like a hawk, Shannon. I'm I'm telling you that, that we are keeping tabs on every single dime of that. None of it is accessed by the Iranians. And even if it was, even if it was, it would go to vendors that we approve to to buy food, water, medicine, and ship it in uh, to Iran right. To so it sounds like that was a lie when they said that Iran didn't have access to the money. And I don't know, because that's quite the, well, they haven't accessed it and we're watching it. Well, it doesn't help if you're watching it, if they can just take it. If it's just there to be taken, it doesn't help if you're watching it. What what are we threatening Iran? Hey, if you take that $6 billion, we're not going to send you, but don't, don't, don't take that money because, what, there's going to be other money if they don't take that money? Oh, but, and even if they took it, it would just go to our pre-approved vendors, which I'm sure are, what, military, industrial, or whatever else. All right, let's take a moment before I bring on Steven to plug none other than YoKratom.com, home of the $60 kilo, Mm. the only place in the entire world where you can get an entire kilo of Kratom for just $60. Mr. Steven, it's an honor to have you back with us today. How's it going, buddy? Oh, man, it's great to be back. The people of the Run Your Mouth Nation, man, it's been a while. There you go. Let me just make a quick adjustment to um, audio here. All right, now I can hear you. Uh, Cell Shot is that the new company? Yeah, it is. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. What what what, what do we got planned for Cell Shot here? Yeah. So really, just riding the wave here. It's a dietary supplement company, and we're going after five hour energy Celsius energy drinks and coffee. Hell yeah. What's uh? Yeah. What makes it better? I want I want in on this, Stephen. Good man, dude. Yeah, you you and a bunch of people, dude. It's it's really well. First, it's really kind of about like riding the wave and like um taking the right opportunities and not being forced to do anything. So this kind of came into came into uh, my lap, and so it just kind of ripped the cord. Everything started uh, lining up, and so it's important just to keep doubling down. But to answer your question, we actually do a two ounce smoothie shot. It has more caffeine than a five hour energy and two cups of coffee. It has more amino acids than a glass of milk. And it also has ginseng, green tea extract, as well as some other natural flavors and sweeteners. So there's nothing artificial in it at all, which really jives with our conversation we're going to have today. So you're saying you can put me put me in the moon. Dude, I, I can put you on the moon and I'm going to drop a little bit. I just got kicked off of Google advertisements because of my fucking because of some of the ingredients I have are like on the borderline. Okay, what are, what are the borderline ingredients? <laughs> yeah, dude. Yes, run your mouth, dude. Um, so <laughs> there's 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 one legume or bean that grows in South okay. Africa, and um, it's called Mukana perines, and it's been used traditionally as an aphrodisiac, also to lower blood pressure. So this is gonna give me erections too. It's not just gonna make my heart go to the moon. I, I, you were talking glorious <laughs> erections, something that makes you just stand up at work with a yeah. big hard dick and go, I can focus. Grand Canyon size. Yeah, dude. And it's all natural too. So you don't okay. need to worry about it. But anyway, it, it contains a precursor to dopamine called L-DOPA. And L-DOPA is actually a controlled substance used for Parkinson's disease. Okay. So any reference to Mucana perines and, and, it's, um, and, and, the, and the precursor to dopamine it has, Google does not like. But I'm still able to advertise on other things. It's just more of a, it's more of a technical thing and Google's... Um, in Google's uh, rules, because it is banned in some countries like Thailand. L- How is something banned in Thailand and not everywhere else? How can it possibly be that Thailand went, this isn't a good idea, but 
more sophisticated countries are like, yeah, you can have all the El Dopa that you want. Was it making the people of Thailand too horny? They're like, we've already turned men into women <laughs> and boys. started the lady boys. People are horny here enough. No El Dopa for you guys. Yeah, this is a great question. And it actually has everything to do with the Europe versus United States conversation we're going to okay. have too. So um, it, it, it does have to do with a handful of things. First is uh, the efficacy of the preparation. So a lot okay. of it being prepared in Thailand is subpar. They don't have the same quality controls that we do in the United States. And so, uh, so a shitty El Dopa. Exactly. And, and it's very wide. And also a lot of this stuff can be pretty political too. So if anything is getting taken instead of a pharmaceutical or if anything's getting maybe abused too much, or if people are dying from a certain supplement that contains a certain ingredient, maybe it's not because of that ingredient. Maybe it's just because right, you're in Thailand. Let me Thailand. ask you this. Is this yeah. your recipe? Yeah, that, that's the whole point, man. Um, I meticulously designed like every ingredient in this. There, I'm, I'm white labeling some gummies on the side, but the cell shots or the smoothie shots are all my creation. And will it cure uh, people of their mRNAs? If someone made the mistake, they didn't listen to us and they got the vaccines, will the uh, glorious erections and sweat of having 200 milligrams of caffeine pierce 220. your veins? 220. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm um, going to tell you, 220 sounds like a lot for a shot. It does, except when you realize I have a L-theanine in there, so it actually it balances stops, it out. Exactly, it stops the jitters as well as like cacao bean extract. You actually, it's actually amazing how like jitterless this is, just because it pumps it full of these other uh, herbal extracts that kind okay. of balance it out in the back. Now, a person that doesn't smoke weed all day, will they find this to be too much caffeine? Absolutely not. So we're actually going after like we're going after skateboarders, amateur yeah. bodybuilders, mixed okay. martial artists. There you um, go. We're going after everyone, man. Podcasters. Who's, who's the? T I feel like someone on Instagram just hit me up from Cell Shot. That they, they did. It was me. That was you. Oh, I didn't yeah, yeah. that was you. Why don't you just text me? You have my phone number. Why? Are you I know. I was messing with you. I just saw a story and I liked it, so I, oh, I, hit, okay. I hit you up. I yeah. It. Wait, you're coming out for one of the Europe shows? Um, uh, I want to. I wish. Maybe next year, dude. Then we'll rep once we get some money. Yeah. Oh, okay. How uh, how far out are you from uh, from San Diego? Because I'm out in uh, I might spend a couple days. I, I'm doing a weekend with Dave coming up in San Diego, but I'm in uh, Tucson like the day before, and I'm realizing I don't think I want to come all the way back to the Northeast to then go west. So I don't know. Maybe oh, we'll, maybe, we'll, not. maybe we'll fucking pound some of these. Uh, just spend three days out in California pounding some energy shots. Dude, just get wired. Dude. It'll be super fun. I'm only like, a, I'm about like an hour and 15 north. I was just in San Diego on Friday at an amateur okay. bodybuilding competition, giving out swag, giving out tank giving out, giving out the cell shot swag. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So let's get into, I had reached out because, uh, well, I was talking in, uh, on a recent episode about what they've done to some of our food. Uh, it's a topic that I'm interested in and I'd like to dig in more into. And so there are a couple of articles and I was like, you know what, let's have Steven on. We can discuss uh, some of what I'm seeing. Let's start with this, which was, um, let me just change our view here. This was an article um, today. It was in, or yesterday, actually, it was in the New York Post. Ice cream and potato chips are just as addictive as cocaine or heroin, according to research. And I had even yesterday, because, dude, I'm a sweets guy. Like, I I, I had, uh, I'm a compulsive and addictive personality type person. I've gone through the gambit of things that I was like, oh, I fucking need that. I fucking need that, right? And right now, I'm definitely, I'm like a sugar guy. I had a, I had a gap where I was off the sugar, and that worked well. 
And now I'm like, I'm back on the sugar. And I had yesterday, uh, I had to go over to my parents' house to pick up some mail. And uh, I was like, you know what? I want some better bread. I'm going to stop in at this baker. I'm going to get some bread. I'm going to get some coffee. And the second I walked into this baker, I was like, this was a mistake. Because I, I, I'm very good. I, I try and keep my sweets for late at night, Stephen. That's my fold. It's a late night thing. But I walk into this place. And then every time the line started, I was like, I should just leave. And I was like, no, we're just going to get. And I'm like, dude, the fucking conversation I'm having in my head. of Just just get just get the coffee and leave. Just get the coffee and leave. Just get. And then the more I'm waiting on the line, the more you start having the other thoughts of, well, I've already waited on the line. I never come to this bakery. Look, they have that thing that I've never eaten. And you just realize, like, this is a fucking sickness, dude. It's like, do I really need to have this donut from this Are, are you going for, like, the single packages? You know, You know how they have it right there? No, this was this was a good bakery. They had all sorts oh, of things. Out. We're talking, we're talking fine bakers, and I'm watching them pull it out fresh. It's Sunday morning. They're pulling the things out fresh from the back, and you're like, "Well, I've never, I've eaten that thing a thousand times, but not when it was fresh right out of the oven. I can't miss out on this experience." <sighs> so, anyways, like I was just thinking in my own head, just you know, loosely about um, like food additives and like kind of. Uh, you know, just being a fatty and like itching for the stuff. And so this article was basically saying that uh, like in nature, you kind of get things that are fat or you get things that are sugary. It's kind of one or the other. So like if I'm eating an apple, for example, it might be high in sugar, but there's not a lot of fat in there. Or I guess if I'm eating like a steak or butter or whatever, that might be high in fat, but there's nothing sugary. So you kind of come around and you combine those two things, which is not really uh, existing like in a cow. The cow's not sugary, and that's when it starts. And it doesn't hook everybody. You know what I mean? It's the same as like alcohol, cigarettes, or whatever else. Like some of us are just a little bit more uh, – um, not everyone has a cell shot yet that they can well, just power through these kind of things. I, I think just real quick, I think it's yeah. really interesting what you're describing is kind of like when you get your energy from plants, plants are going to be more sucrose, which is just like plant sugar, which is like fructose and glucose. And our body can use both of that, right? But you're not right. going to find fat in plants. Of course, some people are going to push back and say like olive oil, you know, there are certain oils in plants, but those are generally the uh, the, the healthier oils and they're not and they're not going to be like the lard or the fat that you would find in a cow. Um, right. But it's also interesting that like you actually don't need sucrose or those plant sugars because your body does a good enough job of digesting protein and the carbohydrates that are going to be in a steak to make kind of sugar for yourself. So you, so it, it's an interesting dynamic versus you can't just eat plants because you're not going to get the fat or the, the protein per se. So you're you're coming out as anti vegetable that you could just get by on just eating uh, beef, but not um, in, in terms of in terms of your sugar and energy needs. Absolutely, and I'm going to say something also a little bit provocative here. Um, a lot of people get their daily recommended doses of vitamins um, already, like regardless of going out of their way to eat very very right. vegetables or fruits. Um, the, the real thing in that I'm doing with cell shot is you actually want to go a little bit level deeper and put in the actual molecules that tell your body what to do with the vitamins. So that's, that's where some of like the antioxidants come in. So they tell your body to do processes with the vitamins that then help detox your system versus just having a lot of vitamins can signal on their own, but it can be a little bit less direct. 
All right. So the article that had me reaching out was uh, I yeah. I saw this article. There's this very girly website that's got good articles. <laughs> it came up in like my Google thing at one point. I yeah, clicked on one. I was like, article. oh, this is actually like oddly well written. I think it's yourtango.com. They write these like relationshipy articles. And uh, one of the things I cycle through when I'm reading the news is Google News. And one of them caught my eye. I was like, oh, you know what? This isn't terrible. And then since I've clicked on that one, they feed me a lot of shit from this. Um, so this article was all about, uh, I guess, chemicals that we're allowing in our food in the United States that they do not allow in food in Europe. And now, firstly, there's nothing lamer than being the person that goes, well, you know, in Europe, they're more refined in Europe. There's nothing gayer than that guy. Well, when I was in Italy, the <laughs> shoes are of a different quality and the coffee's of a different, and then, you know, we come and we're like, nah, just fucking eat it, dude. What is wrong with you? Like, I don't care how nice your abs are, how perfect your skin are, how white your teeth is. If you're one of these fucks just going well in Italy, when they, they, they take their time in the afternoon, they don't care that the waiter's being, that you don't have to tip him so he comes really slow. You can spend a full time two hours of your workday sitting out there and like, well, what's the, what the fuck's the point of having the coffee to get caffeinated to just sit there and wait on a waiter? You know what I mean? Right. Not that I ever been to Italy. Maybe I go to Italy and become one of these fucks, but I'm just saying it, it, it's like the world's lamest. Well, you know, the, the socialism over in, uh, in the Netherlands, everyone loves the socialism. It works great over there. It, you know what I mean? It's like a very lame American thing to point at Europe and go like, uh, like I just fuck Europe. The fact that they're more dignified or they know better anyways. This article was harping, though, specifically on food chemicals that do not exist in Europe that we do have here. And so I was curious to know if this was just the European gainness of they do it better over there or if these chemicals are actually really bad. So we're going to go through them. And Stephen, you'll give us the breakdown. All right. And actually, can I just mention one yes. thing to your point about addiction? I thought that was a really interesting little blurb you had. So. Um, I think addiction is a very interesting word, and I think it's used too uh, too freely, you know, kind of like people okay. throw out race, racism, even though it's like not racism. Um, and I, I think, it, you know, and I think that kind of cheapens the word addiction because there's a difference between playing on like our biology, right? It's like, oh, like, do you like massages? You must be addicted to massages. It's like, right. no, I like hot girls with big boobs touching me like is that an addiction maybe and, and and then there's a spectrum right and then like you could say like sexual addiction is that really about sex or is that about something else like in in someone's mind and of course you get into like people's brains where you don't know but all i all i would like to point out is that like i think if you use ad addictions like as serious i guess but like don't cheapen the word right and it's important to understand like things that like we like and that's okay to like it you know so and, and well, that goes to your sugary food thing. And right. They, they found out a way to scientifically ever since, you know, the 80s. And it kind of builds on itself with like the soft corruption and then not changing things to be like, OK, we get better margins. We can preserve food longer and it tastes a little bit better to get it to get people more, quote unquote, addicted. But again, is it addicted? It's more like get these people that are maybe uneducated eating more of this shit that's like fucking heroin. Which right. Maybe, yeah. I get you. All right. So this is, uh, well, we'll read the two paragraphs. For yeah, instance, yeah, yeah. If you're a Mountain Dew drinker, well, get ready to be disappointed if you ever move to Blightly. American and British expats will notice that the respective Mountain Dews taste very different from each other, in part because of one key ingredient in the drink, brominated vegetable oil is banned in the UK of most of Europe. 
Brominated vegetable oil is, among other things, a flame retardant that has been found to cause memory loss and skin issues in some people. The dew also contains yellow dye number five, which requires a warning label in the EU, EU because of its potentially adverse impacts in children. That is in this drink that Americans drink every single day, Hart said bemusingly, adding that American Mountain Dew reminds me of bleach as compared to the British version. Which the second they said that, I was like, oh, you know what? I kind of understand the bleach. I, I, I like yeah. the second you said that, I'm like, oh, one time I was eating uh, like soy milk back when I was trying to grow my tits. Right. There was a time in college I was trying to grow my tits. And so I was drinking a lot of soy milk. No. You know what it was? Sugar cereal. We all love sugar cereal. And when I was doing the Jewish thing, you wouldn't eat dairy after meat. And so I remember once I was in like in my friend's apartment, all stone. I was eating like sugar cereal with soy milk. Because it was like when I wasn't, you know, because I just eaten and I remember eating it. And he said to me, you know, soy milk just tastes like paper mache. (laughs) And the second he said it, like, I was like, I couldn't eat it anymore. It went from delicious to disgusting because you like the smell of paper mache that I remember from in second grade, whenever it did fucking arts and crafts just was exactly the taste of soy. And I was like, oh, my God, I haven't drinking. What do I have a Mountain Dew a year? Maybe. A couple, but like at the second I heard the bleach thing, I was like, oh, I see that. Anyways, but let's get into specifically the yellow number. Yellow can, can I comment five? real quick on yeah. that? Sure. Yeah. So I, I actually, I, yeah, I think bleach is a little strong, but it's a good, it's a good point. It's a good marketing point. Um, and also just to put in the background, um, actually I'll, I'll let you finish, but the yellow number five is quite a good point because like we use like beta carotene, like there are all natural coloring agents that are just a little bit more expensive. Like there's very little reason to use these artificial dyes. Okay. And so what's the, let's start with the dyes. Cause the dyes to me are, <laughs> it's just, I haven't figured out the joke on this, but there's just something funny that we're taking what's disgustingly not natural colors things that if i just like if you didn't educate me on that that's food and i saw the color i'd be like don't eat that like think about the orange of an orange soda that's disgusting looking like you know what i mean like there's colors that are not appealing and then on top of the fact that they're not appealing the actual coloring to make it that color uh i believe and I, I mean, I, I haven't researched this, but I, I, I have it on my notes, my wall to look up that it ruins like gut bacteria. But just the idea that you would want to consume a more disgusting color, like if it had health benefits, I might go, oh, OK. I mean, that's weird that drinking, you know, orange color is good for you. But I guess if that actually clears out your gut, then great. Like it looks gross, but I guess you can force yourself to do that on account of the health benefits. But the fact that it's like we've trained ourselves that something that looks disgusting is actually edible on top of the fact that it doesn't even have any like value to your health. It's, it's an oddity. It seems like someone convinced us to poison ourselves. Well, and, and to even take that one further, like, like I said, beta carotene, which is used in everything from Gatorade to normal. And it's a natural, it's like a derivative of vitamin A, I believe, or it's a derivative of a vitamin. So it's actually semi good for you and it colors food but they still didn't fucking use it. They're still using these artificial ones. So what's the story though with yellow dye number? Are any of these dyes worse than any of the other dyes? What are they, what are they doing to you? That's bad. Yeah. So there, there are studies that like link ADHD and like a major, it's hard because these are prospective epidemiology studies. So they identify a problem first and say, oh, look at all these kids that are suffering from something what's new in their lives. And then they try right. to backtrack. To, to some of these food additives. But then there are also studies where they'll put some of these food additives directly on cells in addition to lab, which you have to be careful because if you put right. water Watch on out, cells. Uh, 
um try not to hit the table because you're hitting the microphone oh sorry good call no, no, yeah. It, yeah yeah but i'm listening um, so you were saying in the lab they add it to the cells directly yeah and then you can make an argument and write a good article to people saying look at these, these chemicals kill freaking cells but water kills cells when you put it on them in the lab so you need to be careful right and a lot of stuff that we eat would kill cells when you put it on so it does take like a little bit of um a little bit of like more nitpicky science but but the 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 point is that these are completely artificial dyes um they they're not naturally processed by your body and they can hang out and then they're excreted so the question is why would you even add them um particularly when there's other natural ingredients that are readily available and um and it's, it's sad that it takes like literally people um protesting to get these companies to change Okay, and then what's the story with the brominated vegetable oil? Yeah, so that's that's also interesting because we have like veg natural vegetable glycerin in cell shots, which is sweet. And so the the bromin the brominatedness probably helps with preservation um, because it helps kill other bacteria, and it probably helps with food tasted as well. But again, as far as using natural versus artificial, like you're just saving on margins, and perhaps there there's some reason internally manufacturing that they use it. But there's no there's no good reason they couldn't upgrade and to something. What are, but what are the uh, I guess what are the the actual how, bad parts? Yeah, what are the bad parts of consuming brominated vegetable oil? See a lot of see the so like it is it, it's so all this stuff is generally recognized as safe by the FDA, and it comes down to the difference between something that's poisonous or a poison. Something that's a poison is going to be like Botox. When you get it in your system, it's going to target your nerve cells and kill them and hurt them. Something that's poisonous could be maybe like something like uh, alcohol or water or really anything we do where it's a spectrum, right? And I'm not saying alcohol isn't a poison, but if you have three drinks a week, I'm not going to be able to tell the difference between you and someone that doesn't drink three, a week because it's only three. A week. Oh, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. All, all I'm saying is that it's a spectrum. I know, three drinks a fucking... So, but all I'm saying is that there's actually a level where like you right. can do stuff under and I'm not going to be able to tell your body's tough enough and it's not going to be able to tell. How it bad can alcohol really be for us? We've been consuming it forever. Like, I understand because I would have argued the same thing with bread, but I feel like the bread that we eat isn't real bread. That's what right. makes it bad yeah. for you. But when it comes to booze, and maybe booze has also been processed to a degree that it's like not uh what it used to like i'm not drinking low alcohol content wine but i i, don't, I feel like we've got to be somewhat involved for for alcohol at this point a hundred percent a hundred percent the um well, I, I, there's an argument if the people that built the pyramids were like slave slaves or if they were like worker workers or whatever but anyway they were fed with beer that's like how they got their energy it was like they right. just brewed fucking beer. I'm sure it was bad beer, but that's kind of cool, you know, just because it's right. so carbohydrate rich. And of course, now we're at a point where we're much more sedentary. So drinking something so rich in carbohydrates with a burger is probably a bad idea. But like, I'm a big fan of seltzers, dude. I love like 8% White Claws. I know it's right. stupid, but like even the right. craft seltzers. If you I were to just, big. could we uh, merge ideas here? Just add some like some ketones, a little bit of vitamins, and maybe some protein to like a seltzer beer, and then just have your mix that you're good for the day. Just Thanks be like, you don't even need to eat dinner. Just call we can call it no dinner. <laughs> I, I love it, and they're already a little bit fruity flavors, and that's where you get a lot of the antioxidants from is the fruit, and and those flavors are actually kind of in there. So it's a hundred percent. It's not that hard, and also like when you lower the pH, that's also really favorable. And alcohol it makes my drink. vagina smell better. Yeah, well, yeah. 
you got to keep the clap trap going, dude. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, maybe uh, maybe we'll roll. Uh, uh, and it's nice for me to speak to your profits, but maybe we can roll your sell shot profits into uh, our uh, vitamin enriched <laughs> white claws. White claws. Uh, I like that. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to our next items of uh, health concern. And, and also, um, I guess yes. just to summarize too, none of like, it's so, it's so, it's kind of evil just to be like, hey, parents, watch out for this because it's in fucking everything. And then like, you don't want to like not give your kids something because it has this once. It's right, really but, a, but it's, if they're sleepy after breakfast, that's why they take a cell <laughs> shot. Right, right. <laughs> you got to promote, dude. Exactly. It's, it, it's a spectrum, but like, you, yeah, you should stay away from it. But like, it, it's not a poison. So it's not like giving your kid chloroform. But right. like, don't give it to them every day or teach them as they turn into teenagers not to drink soda and then they'll be fine. Right. You can give them some shit when they're young, but then just teach them when as they get older. So. All right. Yeah. So common American breakfast foods are other products that are made totally different overseas. The one that shook me was this Quaker Oats heart said holding up a box of instant oatmeal. The product contains red dye number 40 known to cause some people to break out in hives. And has over, but that, what does that mean? Known to cause some people. Peanuts make me break out because I'm allergic to them. Right. Right. Yeah. That's like not a nonsense statement and has over 25 ingredients in the U S as opposed to just seven in the UK. Kellogg's frosted flakes are also made differently overseas because they contain BHT butylated hydroxy toluene or something, a flavor enhancer that is banned in many other countries because of its carcinogenic properties. Turns out frosted flakes aren't so great after all. Let's start with that BHT BHT. Is that one real bad? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, again, it's far less causative than any study you'll look at with like cigarette cancer or something. And like I said, it's, it's really looking at studies after the fact. So a lot of people got cancer, then they back it up and then they might try to do a, a double blind trial, but right. the problem and this is might all just be from vaccines. So we have no idea. It, it could be from a lot of things. And again, right. it's that spectrum, but like the, the BHT again, it's, it's not a good idea. Right. And um, I think there are two aspects of this. There's one about what it does to your gut bacteria. So any preservative in any drink, including we have potassium sorbate, which is a natural preservative in cell shot, that is going to alter your gut bacteria a little bit because the whole point of a preservative is to stop bacteria from growing in your drinks and mold. So so that's just kind of a, you know, and 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 there's a difference between messing up your gut bacteria for weeks and then messing messing with your gut bacteria for 30 minutes as you digest the drink or something. But the, I guess you could make the argument about just constantly drinking stuff with preservatives. You know, maybe maybe you can make an argument there and then differentiate between preservatives. So that's what when it comes to like gut bacteria. So be a little right. weary of those claims because that's what preservatives are meant to do. Um, but then there's the other one, what it does to your own body. And then that's and then that's where potassium sorbate is much more innocuous compared to stuff like BHT, which um, it's, it's an actual chemical that can bind to DNA and mutate it. But again, we're talking about a spectrum. So if I put this on cells in a lab, it's going to mutate them versus, you know, it's a lot more indirect when we're talking about people. Um, but if I was, you know, if I could make a choice, yeah, I would definitely stay away from it. All right. And then they also talked about that Ritz crackers and Oreos taste different overseas because they don't have hydrogenated oils. 
What are hydrogenated yeah. oils? Yeah, so they're, they're just talking about kind of like the saturation status of uh, fatty oils. So there's like unsaturated fats that aren't fully hydrogenated, aren't fully saturated with hydrogens. And then there are right. um, then there are like uh, saturated fats that are fully that have all the hydrogens. So they would be fully hydrogenated. And those saturated fats are obviously what people kind of uh, uh, they're the worser fats for you because they stack. How bad more. are seed oils? That's one of the things I like I see on Twitter a lot. It's just that like they basically uh process seeds into oil and that right. that and that that's not shouldn't be consumed essentially and palm trees yeah so it's not so much about the actual seeds but the processing and the chemicals they use and then the reactions right. to get it favorably so i'm actually i i don't want to speak on that because i haven't done too much research we obviously don't use seed oils i mean j just because we there's no need we use vegetable right. glycerin instead it's very similar fatty uh, oil based um but yeah so a lot of that would probably come from the the harsh chemicals that then residually hang out in them okay next one is they say that uh milk out in uh europe does not have growth hormones so the growth hormones in our milk how bad is that shit interesting well first off you know the, the hormones are different for every species so right. you know particularly now you know there's an argument right like pigs and humans are, are quite you know quite similar and maybe you could modify some proteins but just because you're mainlining cow hormones doesn't mean they're really going to have an effect on you outside of making you sick um, they're not going to give you like hormone status. Um, that being said, there's, there, you know, the argument that giving cows hormones, it then gets into their milk, it then gets through the processing, and then you then drink it, it then makes it through your stomach into your body is a very hard argument. But I'm sure there's on the margins, you could then somehow say, look, hormones got into the bloodstream of someone that drank milk then you need to prove that those hormones right. were acting in a certain way. So again, it's kind of like the BHT argument. I would say BHT is a little bit more serious. Be any any chemical like that, that really doesn't get broken down, it's gonna be much more serious than a biologic, even a cow hormone. It sounds funny, but it's just a protein that your body's gonna get rid of versus a chemical that might that's a little bit more poisonous. All right, um, and then last one, and watch out on the uh, the table tap. We'll oh, make sorry. Sure that people, uh, people, uh, you know, we we got other autists out there. You never know what table tapping might do for someone else. You know what I mean? Like, there's some people that probably won't hear it, and then you got some that are gonna lose their mind, and possibly. Uh, yeah. All right. Anyways, maybe they'll all come to my house. The table tap. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll actually they'll feel the vibrations. Um, <laughs> And those Skittles you're looking forward to chewing on come Halloween night, not only are they full of those banned dyes, they also contain titanium oxide, an additive banned in much of the world because it's been found to cause chromosomal damage, inflammation, and here's a doozy for you, cell necrosis, which is why a recent lawsuit called the candies unfit for human consumption. Yeah, um... Yeah, is I mean, there's... just being gay or is titanium oxide in high enough concentrations in Skittles that it's insane that the United States government allows it? I, 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 I doubt it's at a high enough concentration for one bag. But if you're eating Skittles every day and again, to the BHT thing, there's no reason you should have titanium oxide in anything, especially if it, it obviously oxidizes DNA. It's terrible for you. It's it's literally a, a it's a chemical with no need except to preserve right it's supposed to kill things and perhaps keep the skittles fresh in a nuclear bomb <laughs> you know like twinkies um but yeah i mean uh, 
it is what it is. I mean, that that's that's like a lot more simple chemical because it's obviously just like a titanium and an oxygen, and it's gonna it's gonna react with a lot of things in your cells. But again, the question is whether you eating the Skittles that that getting through your stomach, getting through your intestines and into you know cells of interest, it's gonna require more than one bag. But I mean, Skittles are, I mean, they're shit. And it's amazing that these people haven't slowly made upgrades. You would think, you know, and, and all their climate change bullshit or all their social justice nonsense, they would take a second to look at their own ingredients. But yeah. All right. That's all I got. Anything else you wanted to let the good folks know about before we call? Where can they find the cell shot? Yeah, dude, check us out at cellshotnutrition.com. Uh, there's tons of cool tanks. We're getting creatine gummies next week, and our premier product will be out in November. Why uh, creatine gummies? What's the uh, what's the benefit in gummy form? Yeah, it's cool. So they get absorbed a little bit quickly through your uh, lip, and also you don't have to deal with the clumpy protein mix and pre-powders. Yeah, Damn, look go. how sexy this guy's back is. Hell yeah. That's going to be me soon, dude. And there's also a nice part of uh, peer-reviewed papers at the bottom if you guys want to kind of do your own research. You got to be kind of careful with the FDA because nothing that we sell is a drug, so we don't cure or prevent any disease. But a lot of our ingredients have been shown to be pretty healthy, you could say. But I'm not allowed to say that. You guys have to do that on your own. All right. Let's call an episode. Steven, stay on for a second. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys.